Well, good morning. On this Tuesday in the 14th week of Ordinary Time, we embark with a new prophet this week, Hosea. He's one of the 12 minor prophets. They're referred to as minor because they, their writing, their offering in Scripture is less extensive than the greats of Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel. But minor in thought, they are not. <clears throat> in fact, he's known as one of the uh, writing prophets in the sense that his speeches are actually captured, and that's what we have today in our first reading. This, this testimony he's given, he's, he's writing before the Assyrian kingdom makes their movements south. And so he's writing in the 8th century. This is before 720, most likely. And he's speaking to the northern kingdom. We know that as Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And his prophecy to them is because they've turned themselves away from God's exclusive claims. In other words, their identity as people of God, the chosen people of Israel, was an exclusive claim. They were not to intermarry. They were not to commingle their religious faith practices with other cultures, which they have subsequently done. They've appointed authorities who were not uh, so named or prophesied to them by God. They've, they've created images, this calf of Samaria we hear, we hear of. They created these representations of their faith that were not in adherence to their teaching. And so Hosea is telling them that they will be abandoned by God. They will suffer the consequence of this estrangement from God because they've willingly chosen to do that which they are instructed not to do, which is to intermarry and culturally assimilate themselves into these surrounding pagan cultures. And he describes their, their produced works of art that are used in religious festivals to be destined for the flames, such as is the calf of Samaria. This beautiful poetic phrase, when they sow the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. So they may do something that seems innocent at the time, but the consequence of that's going to be significant. The stalk of grain that forms has no ear, it will yield no flower. Even if it could do that, strangers would swallow it, he tells us. When Ephraim, this is the northern area, Israel, when Ephraim made many altars to expiate sin, their sacrifices, those altars became occasions of sin. So in their outworking of their faith, they're actually committing even more transgressions. So he's telling us Hosea is he's telling the people of Israel that we need to remain adherent to our faith and live within the bounds of our faith and not find new and creative ways to inter integrate our faith into a world that may not know God. Hosea so beautifully writes in his work, and we'll be in it this entire week, uh, he, he parallels familial relationships, that of a, two spouses, he equates that with Israel and God. And so his, his work is beautiful to read. It's a, it's a parallel of our human experience as husband and wife. And he equates that with God and Israel and how that relationship evolves over time. But fidelity in the relationship is what's called for. Fidelity is the foundation of the relationship. In Matthew's gospel today, we have the last of the nine miracle stories that we encountered in chapters eight and nine today on Tuesday is the conclusion of chapter 9, and then Wednesday through Friday will be in chapter 10. Wednesday through Friday will be in chapter 10, which is the great commissioning of the apostles, the 12. He prepares them, we'll hear tomorrow morning, for their journey out 
Uh, this, there are, these are the two great commissionings in Matthew. The 10th chapter is to the disciples. The 28th chapter is to everybody else, is to all of us. But today he concludes this ninth chapter with the description of the demoniac who's invested with this evil spirit and consequently cannot speak. This man comes to him seeking healing and the, this demon is driven out. The man's then able to speak. We don't know what he says because that's not recorded by Matthew. But we are told that the crowds were amazed and said nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees doubted that and said instead, he drives out demons by the prince of demons, meaning he's operating through some maniacal or evil spirit in order to drive out spirits, which on its head sounds fairly strange, doesn't it? How would that be? But then we're told beautifully so this by Matthew, that Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, curing every disease and illness. And then this sentence just should give us pause, happy pause. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them. Isn't that beautiful? The sight of all these people coming to him, seeking hope. His heart, our Lord and Savior, the creator of all things, his heart is moved with pity for the situation those individuals find themselves in. And he does that for us in our prayers. He, his heart is moved with pity for the predicaments in our life. His heart is moved with sorrow for the challenges we face. And he wants us to know him and to extend our hand to him and to call out to him, to bang on that door of heaven every day with our prayers because his heart is moved, the sacred heart is moved in response to our needs. He tells us further in the essence of vocation, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers. Well, we all have a role in the harvest, some in different positions than others, but we all play a role in harvesting the good news and sharing it among the people of the earth. Some of us offer it one way, some of us offer it another, but all of us have a role to play in the harvest itself. I grew up in Northwest Ohio. We have a large Amish community in that part of the country, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, lots of Amish. They hold to their practices of not employing modern farm implements. You will find no John Deere tractor on an Amish farm. It's amazing to see, but when they harvest, it's beautiful. When they build a barn or a house, it's beautiful to see because everyone in the community has a different role to play. Even children have a role to play, but each of them participate in this effort, whether it's harvesting the wheat or raising the barn. You can drive by their communities and see the work that each person does. This Paul's writing in Corinthians comes to mind. One body, many parts. We all have a role to play. Well, that's the gospel message today, that the harvest is abundant. There is a lot of work to do for the kingdom. And each of us in different ways plays a role. Whether it's praying the rosary, as many of you do here early in the morning, that's harvesting. That's doing the work of the harvest. Those who are able to and so generously do support financially, that's doing the work of the harvest. Attendance at Mass, that's doing the work of the harvest. We all have a role to play, and we joyfully do that. We continue to ask the Master for more laborers as our parish community and the church at large continues to grow. Amen. <laughs>